I bet a hundred on myself. I've been all alone. Ain't never need nobody else. I'm at a top floor, sipping margaritas off the shelf. Wish I had some competition, but it ain't no props and drops are back is back i'm not sure of the proper english that's why i failed all those classes kalish looking great i think it's the lighting but he looks like he's got a tan his beard is manly herm might have shaved herm did you shave no okay that's just the lighting and the red beard you know you can't fully see it but herm's back in the building everyone's back we're all together it is march 1st march madness is in the air um many other things are in the air um, and uh, we're happy to be here. Kalish? Yeah, lots of things in the air. I got the $3,000 Ethereum energy this morning, too. They're coming back strong. Is it not, a, not you know, a future yet? prediction, but it's always nice to see a little bit of uh, crypto momentum and things to get the energy going in the morning. Yes, that's always a good thing. Herm? I'm going to yeah. set the stage. Please. Can I set the stage? No, no, so, you were like, Herm, you were one of the great stage setters of all time really yeah i find you to be one of the great and, and you see kalish just nodded his head yeah, he's not his for the people that are for the people listening not watching on video kalish just nodded his head i would say the herminator is one of the great stage setters of all time yeah. go ahead so do, do you say i was considering maybe replacing her with dylan rosenblatt from autograph but <laughs> when you prompted him you're like tell me everything about hockey when he couldn't he go was for like atrocious. 20 minutes, it was just not going to work. No. You know, L.A., it's a little tough in L.A. Oh, the hockey's not quite as popular. Well, Gretzky came years ago and got them going for a few minutes. But, and yeah, but, and, they, and they, they bandwagoned on that Kings team that won the Cup. Um, L.A. is a good bandwagon town. If the Clippers win a championship, watch how many people used to wear Laker jerseys just cheer for them. The Lakers nation is real legit, but, but randos in L.A., they can they can be very bandwagon. USC. All right, back on track. Um, here's the stage. We're gonna go the next twenty minutes on props, and then Mila Kunis is joining today. Yep, Mila, Mila Kunis. When she joins, it is going to be an aggressive transition to drops. I just want to warn both of you. Okay. I will make a tr aggressive. Whoop drops. One of those. Understood. Whoop. Okay. Okay. All right. Understood. Kick it off. Matt, want to talk March Madness? Yeah, we got a little March Madness. We got UFC 272. Uh, we got NBA coming back from All-Star break. So decent bit going on out in the world. And I'm going to go ahead and say, let's start with UFC 272. Because one thing that I was noticing was, you know, first of all, last podcast we were talking about, you know, this isn't related to that event specifically, but we were talking about the novelty fight with Naganu with Fury. Apparently, that's like speculation. So I think that, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if it's not. I do know on Twitter, people were like, Kalish, you don't know what you're talking about. That's all speculation and hype uh, to grab attention. So who knows what's going to happen there? But what we do know is Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, they're fighting. Uh, best friends, I guess, roommates that turned enemies and now big headline fight for UFC 272. So really anticipating that one and looking who do ahead. You think, who do you think wins that fight? Covington's minus 320. So like the sports wow. book is saying Covington by a decent bit. And um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like I don't, when you get into these modes where there's like the bad blood, the history, 
I feel like do you sometimes think it's real bad blood because extra... do you think they're 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 both bad blood because I actually think both of them, not to the extent of Jake Paul, and we went into the you know depths of that last episode, so I won't rekindle it. But do you think there's actual bad blood, or do you think both of them are just thoughtful entrepreneurs that and marketers and hypers that they're building up the interest? Thoughts? Always hard to tell. I mean, it's hard to tell. I always assume table stakes is that you're a little bit of a showman in this space. So you're going to be able to play up the angle to engage people. To on get, the flip side, you know, on the flip side, back to Herm, for example, who I adore. Like I genuinely, comes. I adore the Herm, right? It's coming. Yep. Everyone get ready. If him and I had to fight, even if like, even <clears throat> if I wasn't showman shipping it, I'd be scared to lose to him for the public shame. Mm. And so I would try to kill him in the, like, so that's what's so amazing about the sport. There is no, like, no matter how much you love the person and, and everybody listening can think of a time they got into an actual fight or like at least a scuffle, especially in high school and college, maybe early twenties after college, because there's just that mochismo DNA of an alpha male that if like somebody pushes you a little harder this time than the normal joke, like it, it doesn't take a lot for dear friends, not drunk, not, you know, like just in normal mental state to kind of turn into that aggression. So of course, no matter how much they're showing, there's that natural underlining aggression. Even if they're overplaying it for the pay-per-view, the second that fight starts, they're trying to destroy each other's life. Yeah, they're pros. I mean, they are going to go to war. Total rounds under. So it's kind of favored to go the distance. Nobody's really predicting the knockout. Like to go the distance is minus one fifty five. So expect. I don't think. I don't think that fight's. I don't think that fight's going the distance. Yeah, you can get a little price on that. I think. I think Jorge is going to know that he has to open it up, which will either create the opportunity for him. Though I think it's tough to knock out Kolb. Um, and obviously we saw Usman completely knock out Jorge in a, a dramatic knockout that we didn't expect. Um, perfect punch. Um, I think he's going to, I think Jorge knows he's going to have to open it up. And so I think that may lead to an opportunity for both fighters, which is why I'm going that direction. It's yeah. You know, the UFC is, you know, those light gloves. I mean, there's just, these guys, it, you know, yeah, I, I, I just think that one's going to not end uh, in a, in a five-rounder. Yeah. I always like taking the price. Like, if you can get plus 250, Masvidal, it's like sports books are good at making odds. I'm not saying that there's some kind of, like, big advantage here one way or the other. I guarantee you the odds aren't, like, way off or anything. But it's more fun when you can win, like, two and a half to one or something. And Mm -hmm. so I I go off the vibes a lot of the time on these. It's like, if one of the two speak to me more, if I feel like I like what I'm hearing from one more than the other, and I want to support them in the fight, then I'll just fire that side. I always have a bias towards taking the price. You know, a lot of people, like it's always one of the most popular things is betting the favorites. You know, people tend to like want to support the favorite. And I'm almost on the other end where I like to see, like, I want some odds. I like to have a chance to win multiples. And it also like feels so good when you predict the underdog and you're right. So I, I'd probably just be like looking for that sweat, see if you can like 
hit a hit a sleeper, hit something a little deep. So I like the Masvidal like finishing inside of five rounds angle. That's pretty cool. I think you'd get a good price on that. I like that. What else? What else we got? Oh, there's one other interesting fight going on, which this one got me. Last time Conor McGregor fought, um, Greg Hardy fought as well. And he looks cool. He's like big NBA guy. I mean, uh, NFL, NFL guy. Like yep. probably weighs like 330 pounds. I don't even want to speculate what he weighs, but he's a presence. So it comes into the way, the way in giant presence, you know, I'm like, how could Greg Hardy lose? He looks like he could beat anybody <laughs> in a fight. And then he goes in and gets like, just caught with something, gets knocked out. I think it was second round. He just got caught and everything he was throwing was like heavy, heavy, you know, um, looks like you would die if he connected it, but it's just not quite there. So that one I noticed right away. It was like Greg Hardy plus 175 Spivak minus 210. And I was like, I kind of like fading Greg Hardy just because like people want to bet him because he looks so scary. You know, that was like one other thing that I noticed on the card. Six five two eighty, mentally unstable. Too. Yeah, absolute. Yeah, so that's kind of like where I was landing on it was maybe take the price with Jorge and then fade Greg Hardy. And I hope I never see him in person and he knows that I'm on the record <laughs> with that position. <laughs> but as as you said, nobody's like looking the, at me for sports like, betting picks. So yeah, that's like the toughest thing to like deal with in like like in the sports media business when you like boxing or UFC like like just really like shitting on a guy and like then having to like be on the other side and you're clearly not a professional. That's a, that's an awfully uneasy feeling I'm sure for many journalists. Yeah. Especially somebody like that who could end your life if they felt like it. Herm. Um, as a New York giants fan, I never liked Greg Hardy. Hope he gets worked. As a and giants fan, what do you feel side. about the giants not picking up Daniel Jones's fifth year option? I think it had to happen. I think, I think Saquon Barkley is also going to get traded and that's going to be upsetting to me, but it's happening. What do you think about your off season? We're now March 1st. It's Tuesday. I'm flying to Indianapolis tomorrow, March 2nd for the NFL combine. My brother's meeting with like half the NFL teams today. Cause he's got a couple of big free agents um, that he reps. So he's busy. Um, this is where it gets real interesting, real fast. Obviously, as a Jets fan with top three money and free agency and four picks in the top 38 and two of our five best players arguably being out for the year last year, I'm getting very, you know, this is the Jets hope season, right? You know, uh, where are you in Patriot land? How's your free agency money? You guys spent a lot last year. Uh, if I recall, all those, it feels like you signed 13 tight ends and all this other stuff. Like, what do we, what do we expect from the, uh, the, the 10 and eight wildly overrated Patriots in this offseason? Interesting question. Well, starting with the draft, um, if you're hardcore, if you like really, really go deep and you know, like the linemen and you know, all that shit coming out of college, I think the draft might be interesting, but first thing I noticed was there's no like uh skill position players that are really speculated to be drafted in the top positions. You have to go pretty deep to find the first quarterback off the board. It's a lot of like, like if you look at the projections, offensive tackles and, you know, D linemen and stuff are really dominating the top. So I, 10. Know, I know, so. I know everything about this draft, given that I'm in the business. Uh, that's a very good point. You don't have, you don't have a quarterback going in the top five. You don't have a wide receiver, a Jamar Chase. You don't have a Saquon hype. This is, you know, more corners and outside linebackers and offensive linemen. 
it's a deep draft. Somebody's going to get a Pro Bowl caliber tight end in the third round. That's like a prediction of mine. I really like this tight end class. You know, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but just a deep tight end class, for example. Um, but it's a, it's def, you know, the quarterbacks, and I have one that's speculated in round one or two with Des Ritter from Cincinnati, how Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett from, you know, Pitt, um, Matt Carroll from Ole Miss. Like you've got a lot of kids who 15 years ago would have been second and third round picks. Quarterbacks, you know, you know what's going to happen. It's still the quarterback position. Somebody's going to fall in love with somebody this week in Indy, and you're going to start having kids. Quarterbacks always move up. Even at this point, Mitch Trubisky wasn't like like where he ended up going number two overall, whatever it was that year. So I think that um, uh, I think you'll see that happen. Uh, I, I expect a lot of quarterbacks actually to go in the first round because people want that fifth round, fifth year option on their quarterback. The reason Lamar went. The reason the Ravens tr- traded up to take the last pick of the round was because they get that fifth-year option if they go in the first round where it's a four-year contract if you go in the second round. So with a quarterback, if you hit pay dirt, there's a big difference then when you control that, right? And so I think you'll see from picks 15 to 32, a lot of these quarterbacks that people think will go in the second round go in the first round. I think you'll see some teams trade up from the second round to go into the first round. Um, I think you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, Ritter is probably one of the top two or three from, you know, quarterbacks. I mean, off the board, first rounders in general, though, I'm like, if you're in the sports card game or something, it's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, this is not a so sports rookies card drive game. the interest in no, sports no. cards. No, to your point, for example, when you, you know, that Justin Herbert to Joe Burrow, those boxes are through the roof even with Tua has more juice and you've got obviously others in that rookie class to your point, Panini is not ecstatic because this is not going to be per se the big kind of like, you know, you sell a lot more basketball cards when LaMelo and Zion's rookies in it. You sell a lot more football cards when Herbert and Burrow are in it. This is not going to be that. Yeah. Yeah, because these days you go seek out the chase cards. You're like, I want to buy whatever 2017, 18 NBA because I want to try to find Tatum's or whatever it is. And the rookies drive the demand. So I think it'll be tough. And I also think there'll be maybe like lower interest than normal on the draft just because of that dynamic. But then that puts more focus on the trades, on like how how our team's improving. Well, that goes back to the original point. Herm is obviously, I mean, the Giants are in one of the worst situations in football. I think um, the worst. No, I think I think Atlanta is in a really bad spot. They have no money, like none. We don't either. They have they have very little draft capital. They're 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 in a really bad spot. Yeah, their draft capital. They're they're the oldest team in the league. Atlanta, I think, last year, they've got and they've Calvin got. Ridley's definitely going to get shipped. Right. So that's just like, but that's similar to your point. You guys don't have a. T- I don't know your money situation, but not good. It doesn't seem great. Um, your, your quarterback situation is worse than theirs, even though there's guys retiring any couple, you know, in a couple of years. I would trade Matt Ryan if I could. If I, you know, if I was running the Falcons, I mean, it's a big nut. But again, for a team that feels they're close with that, but don't have the quarterback, I think, you know, we hear all about Aaron Rodgers. Like, why not Matt Ryan? Why not Packers Matt Ryan? Even though they've got love and they feel like they've got their heir apparent. If, they're, if they make a play for Adams, like, I don't know, like, Matt Ryan seems like a piece that's still, you know, he's got a big cap number. So that's probably the problem. But anyway, uh, 
to answer, I, I really want your answer on this, Her, uh, excuse me, Kalish. Uh, what do you think the Pats are going to do this offseason? Have you done the homework yet? Do you have a sense? Yeah, I think, you know, they're pretty good on like best available traditionally, but I think wide receiver stands out like pretty big need. And yes. they were getting the score run up on them a bit near the end. And I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of like react to that and try to heavy up on D a little bit. But my guess, if I had to predict right now, would be that they go wide receiver first round and just try to get a little strength there. It's like a pretty rough, if you just think Pat's skill positions in general, it's a little bit rough. There was like the Hunter Henry thing, and there was like Johnny Smith and a couple, you know, running backs that were splitting time and stuff. It was like very divided up. And I don't think that they really have like a go-to consistent, reliable skill position player. So I would, I would guess wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And like, as to like who specifically that, I don't know. I'm not really sure like how they'll grade different, like whether it's slot or speed or what, but I do think that they're just going to look for more depth there. Any thoughts? How about you? What are you looking at for the jets? Any the jets, thoughts? I think will not overspend in free agency. I think <clears throat> even though they have a lot of money, I, I don't think that they're going to go and drop tons of money. The jets have a lot to do, but I think the jets feel they're closer on, offense than they are in defense um yeah. and so i uh, i do think they need a wide receiver one they need a tight end they need corners they need entire secondary so i think you know um they get carl lawson back people forget about that so i think that's going to help their outside pass rush um but i think they could use another offensive lineman or two um but at running back you know they've got their slot receiver they've got their number two receiver who can be a number one Corey when he's not banged up and is playing well, but they've got their number two. They've got their slot with Elijah Moore who can also play on the outside. I think it's tight end wide receiver one, a little more offensive line. Um, and definitely, definitely uh, secondary. I also think they're going to lose some defensive linemen. Um, so they'll probably sign some free agent linemen. There's a bunch of free agent linemen that used to play for the 49ers. So I'll keep an eye on that given the solid connection. Um, but they've got a lot of ammo. I, I see the Jets potentially trading into next year's draft or trading for an active player. You think through their first pick, you pick up Kyle Hamilton, safety at Notre Dame? Or is that just think, Jamal Adams all over again? He's a totally different player than Jamal. I think he has way better ball skills. He's different. I think Kyle yeah. could, is definitely on the Jets' radar. Definitely. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. They need safety help. Complete it, stud. But, but what I think is going to happen is – um, free agency dictates your draft. And they're not in control of free agency. The market is. So every team's got a plan right now, but it's the Mike Tyson thing. you got these two guys that are top of your list. The agent is telling you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they sign another deal and you hear they, Johnny signed with the Saints and you're like, what the fuck? And it throws your whole thing off. So there's a lot, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people listening have done fantasy drafts, both auctions and snake. You have a plan and then the draft starts and everything gets right. That's free agency. Like people don't realize it's real life. Like obviously again, because I'm in the Vayner sports business, like you, when you're an agent, you're like, Oh, these three teams are real viable spots for my free agent. You don't really know. Somebody makes you a legitimate offer. You're trying to decide if you can get more money for your guy. Or if you don't, they may go to another guy, the market changes. I mean, it's a wild show. There's money to be made. There's money to be lost on both sides of the equation. And so a lot is going to go down here soon in the next couple of weeks in the NFL. 
the, the beginning of next year's season will take form. Let's talk about NBA finals predictions as of March 1st. These are always fun when we recap that. For, I mean, first, I think there's a lot of teams in it, like really competitive teams, especially the East seems like very, very competitive. Celtics are in six and we're like five games back. It's like five and a half games back. It's not like dominating obvious, you know, uh, you know, Milwaukee or something, definitely getting it. And so like when it's wide open like that, I, I personally just like sweating the home team. So I'm going Boston and then uh, out of the West, I'm going to say golden state. It's like, it feels kind of like Suns or golden state. And I'm just going to like ride with, um, what won me over was like Steph Curry all-star game when he was just like bombing these threes and then looking like he would just like shoot it. Then he'd look at the crowd and then it would just go in <laughs> behind him and they were getting all the content, you know, like Steph Curry is just such a beast. He just seems like if he gets hot that they could just run it all the way. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'd go golden state Boston, but East is who knows. This is to win. I'm going to go. On this day, Brooklyn beating the Sixers. Um, I've in to get to the NBA Finals in a seven-game bloodbath that everybody just loves. Just like that will be the series everyone talks about. But I'm going to go Brooklyn against Phoenix. Yeah, so Brooklyn kind of like getting everybody back healthy and then making the run. And the same with Phoenix, See how the right? Because CP3 yeah. is going to be out here for a little yeah. while. And so yeah. that's how I see it. Yeah. One that I liked, and this is just personal bias and preference or whatever, was, um, and again, sports books aren't wrong a lot. So I'm not saying that these odds are like wrong or something. Well, they, they, were wrong, they were wrong when Herm and I, I don't know if you remember this, Kalish, but Here's an enormous <laughs> amount. I was sitting, sitting there right there still. You <laughs> called it. It's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were definitely oh wrong God. about Cincinnati relative to, uh, to Iowa State. That was just blatantly wrong. I'm not saying these odds are wrong, but I am saying Chicago Bulls at 30 to 1 just feels like really nice to me. Yeah, I think that's a good one. 30 to 1 to win it? To win. To win. Yeah, and that's yeah, it's the hard kind to of thing. Win. If if that's if you're a good businessman in Chicago or woman, and you can afford to lose a thousand bucks, that can get your juices going. Thirty k on a DeRozan yeah. hot streak. Yeah, DeRozan's like one of the best in the league. Zach Levine's like the man. I mean, he is Caruso is and Caruso's out right now still, right? Yeah, he'll be back though. He's going to be healthy. I know that. That's um, why I'm bringing that up. Lonzo Ball is going to be back as well. So they're is, getting every. I'm a little under knowledge on this. Is Kobe White playing well? Kobe White's playing well. He, I think he's coming off the bench when everybody's healthy. Which makes but sense. But he was getting some starts when, like, Caruso and everybody was hurt. Kobe White. They had, like, a, yeah, he's, a he's Caruso play- lookalike guy that was not not as effective, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's 33. Oh. He's 13.8 game, points a game. Yeah. I like Kobe White, too. He just has, like, that little swagger. He, he looks cool playing. He looks like somebody that you want to see do well, you know? And then they got, like, Jonas uh, on a trade, kind of around trade deadline. So I like oh. it 30 to 1. Hello, Mila. I mean, we just really popped right in, didn't we? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, you know. And this that's, is the transition. 
That's what a that's what a superstar comedian would do. Hi, Gary. Hi, Mila. What's happening? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good. This is Kalish and Herm. Welcome. Hi, guys. Nice to hey. meet you. Nice to meet you. Mila, you are. Right. We're, yeah, we're right. Herm, I'm. I'm. This is the transition. I'm. I'm also one of the greatest stage setters of all time, Herm. So I will set. <laughs> Seems this like stage. you're not really putting in a page break here. Uh, there's no page break needed. Mila, you are in the NFT no. game. You have a, a a significant project with Stoner Cats. Let's go with question number one. When you are such a big superstar like you, not like us schlubs, when you are an iconic global superstar. One, how do I guys? Let's I'm pick sorry. that up, Mila. Just pick that up live. It's oh, I'm, I'm it's sure it's spam. Like, I'm, I'm, from I'm Florida. Sure. It's not spam from Florida. It's I swear to you. No, Mila plays at Humble, guys. You know who that was? That was Disney offering her a hundred million dollar contract for three films. This is who Mila oh, is. Man. Gary, Mila, I miss yes. you. Yes, <laughs> I miss you too. You were saying you, nice things about me. Continue. I will. When you're a global icon, yes, right, and yes, one of, and one of the most. Um, diverse, like multi-dimensional talents. God, I laughing, Herm? do this Herm, all the time. Herm, Herm, I don't know if you've seen Black Swan or have listened to Family Guy or have seen Ted. Mila, in my opinion, no bullshit. Mila is, has one of the biggest ranges in all of Hollywood. Why are you laughing, Mila? Are you, Mila, are you upset that he brought up Ted? No, you know what? I like okay. Ted. Ted, All right, sorry, go, Ted, go back. Ted is a smash hit. No, I like Ted. I love Ted. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, smash yes. Yeah. Okay, keep the going, Gary. The, go back. the mom's thing. I've watched like all of like she's a this is one of the most talented superstars in Hollywood. When you go into NFT land where like characters like Kalish and I are hanging around, yeah. Like, what what does you know what does somebody from your perch? have to think about entering this space because for example, mm -hmm. we are now in the mature state of the NFT space. You were an incredibly early mover for somebody that did have your level of platform. Obviously a lot of other people with big platforms have now considered and have come in. Most have come in bullshit. You came in real, but yeah. what's interesting is because so many have come in bullshit, I see a lot of A-list celebrities crippled to launch an NFT project right now. That's most of the information. Whereas nine months ago, it was like, Gary, tell me how to do this. Yeah. Now it's like, I'm scared to do this. I shouldn't do this, right? And I'm like, why? They're like, well, I don't wanna do a rug pull. I'm like, well then don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what's, this is, there's, I mean, I don't know how much time you have. I, so I don't have social media, right? So I wanna backtrack all of this to say, it's not like I'm born and bred on web two. I don't do socials. It is not who I am. It's just not what I- You were too famous when web two popped off. I think I was just, I don't know what happened. Honestly, this was- I know what happened. You were too famous when it popped off. No, I don't think so. Cause I, cause secretly I procure, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm all up in it. I just don't do it under my name. So it's not like I'm like- you're more, you're, you're, So you're saying you're more nosy, but not a contributor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, super yeah. nosy. Like that's how I- And exactly. not a contributor. Exactly. Yeah. So when all this happened with Stoner Cats, it, it really, what happened was we sold Stoner Cats, the money that we were given to make an episode, we physically couldn't. I was like, we're all gonna be, we're not just broke. We're gonna end up paying out of pocket. We couldn't do it. 
This is classic and, um, Hollywood, right? Because you guys think everything costs a fortune to make. Whereas I would have thought I could make 93 episodes. The, 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 like, no, I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing. Animation is expensive, by the way. Animation is really expensive. I think that people fair. sometimes lose sight of, of the cost fair. of animation a minute. That's fair. Um, to make it at a level that, like, for me, if I made like a bullshitty animation thing by like, you know, you, you, you're, you're stuck because you know the standard of the day in and day out of your last 30 years. So that, that's a subconscious reality that makes it challenging. Yes, and ours was all hand-drawn by Pixar animator. So everything just took time. Everything was just way more, it was, it's very specific. It's very special. It's high quality, like the, the shopping yeah. that, that the mayor of Paris did. The mayor of Paris, by the way, is Kalish. There's a very famous meme photo of him having tons of bags the only time you went clothes shopping. And yes, I still this think is like Hermes of Paris. Yes, exactly. This is when you went to Paris and you were like, I need that Kelly bag. Stoner Cats is the Kelly bag of animation. You know what I mean? Ooh. Yeah. By the way, so I went to that. Same, This is where I'm going to get my same, ass kicked for saying it. Yeah. St. Bart's, I guess, is part of my territory as the mayor of France. <laughs> I went oh, there gosh. and it's technically part of the territory. I just want everybody to know that. How was it? Was it lovely? <laughs> it was so nice. <laughs> Okay, especially in February. I'm from Boston, so it's not like it's nice up here. Oh, so you love Ted. You loved Ted. Everything about Ted, you loved. Oh, yes. yeah, 100%. Yes. 100%. My favorite scene is when they're throwing apples off the roof at the runners. Wait, do you know my thing about living in Boston? So I was there for three months, I think it was, whatever Sorry the time was. That. Sorry about that. Who, me? I hate Boston with all my heart. Oh, okay, okay wait. So Boston is so violent. Yo, yeah. I have never said- Say more bad things. No, I love Boston. Hold on a second. I'm attractive, violent. No, Gary. You entitled. You know what Boston fans? I'm, I'm going to go to Boston and people are going to be like, Mila, you're going to go to Boston and be like, fuck you, Gary. Well, no, I'm not doing this. Because they're entitled. They all think they oh, won God. championships. Okay, we're Mila, you were saying- They think they- I love Boston. I actually had the best time living in Boston was my point. But I saw so many fights, just street fights. Like I do respect that about Boston. That's my favorite. Yeah, part the of Irish bar fighting culture <laughs> is strong in Boston. I actually, I'm what's just... insane is I loved Boston up until they won every championship and every under thirty. Won every championship. They they didn't win every championship. Really? They... Let me let me educate you, Mila Kunis. While you were being the greatest global superstar, the Bruins, Red Sox, Patriots, and Celtics all won a championship. Not in one year. Almost one year, by the way, three. They can hate LA for the same thing. LA's been crushing it. No, the the Kings suck shit. They got one slipped in there. Like, L yes, LA's been hot, but at least LA, like, LA has a LA, like Boston had character for not winning. LA's LA's a full of shit. But that's the same for with. Chicago. You can say the same for the Bears and the Cubs that oh, they have character for not winning, and everybody in Chicago be like, "Fuck you for your character." Like all they want to do is win, and then all of a sudden the Cubs won, and people are like, "Oh, that sucks." And you're like, what? This, is, this is all based on sports envy. You are absolutely right. Yes, that's because you and your little jets. I'm that's sorry. Right. That's right. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got me pegged. <laughs> By the way, I once, took, I once took Mila to a Jets game with me, Mila, Ashton. Oh God, I remember. This is <laughs> a long time ago. That was the best. That's what, that was early in your guys' relationship, right? That, that was 10 years that ago. Was, that's insane. Easily 10 years ago. The best part of Stoner Cats was because you didn't have social media, everyone just bashed Ashton. <laughs> that was my favorite part by far. You know, my first <laughs> husband, to this day, everyone's like, so tell me about Stoner Cats. You know what? Here, I'll go on a rant for you. Go ahead. So I very much did Stoner Cats. 
Okay, Lisa and I did this. Ashley was like, Lisa's Listen. amazing, by the way. You should tell the world about Lisa. Lisa Sturbikov's my everything. She's like my Ray Donovan in life. And so she kind of just like whatever dumb idea I have, I'm like, Lisa, bless her heart. She's like, oh God. But so we dove into NFTs, built out our company, did the whole thing. Ashley was like, you do you. I'll help you. If you need to make a phone call, I'll tell you, I'll point you in the right direction. And of course, I used his voice because he's free and lives in the house. So cut to Stoner Cats comes out. We'll be standing next to each other. I'm wearing a Stoner Cat sweater, okay? I'm wearing the, the merch. People walk straight to him and are like, so tell me about Stoner Cats. <laughs> and he, he's like, no, I don't, I don't do anything. It's my wife. And they're like. You know what that is? That's fucking. And that's what I get I hate that shit. all I'm this time in this, in, in this Web3 NFT. It's, no, it's not just Web3. It's society. I mean, if anybody. It is societal. But this one, I am wearing the stupid merch. Like, I literally <laughs> have to I, like, I want the merch. It's coming out. This was okay. like, you know, we just did it for our own team. But anyways, but the but like the truth is Ashton keeps going, it's not me. But because I think his socials is what I ended up having. Yeah, and, and by the way, listen, to, to Ashton's credit, and I love this dude so much, like he was such a juggernaut in web two. I understand the subconscious bias. There's yeah. obviously male, female subconscious, but there's a lot of dynamics there. Yeah. But you are dramatically more talented than Ashton. <laughs> No, I'm not. But I'll tell you, he is fucking I brilliant. Have use of his Rolodex, and so there is a, a benefit to, no um, you know, that. Like when I'm like, I need a CEO. What you know, like yeah, there, of course. There's a Herm, there's Herm, I see you going through notes, Kalish. What questions do you guys have for the incredible Mila Kunis? I want to hear about the kind of origin story. Like, how'd you come up with the creative concept? I didn't. They, it came to us. So we have a normal, we have a regular production company that produces content for film and television. And so we get pitch projects all the time. We had Stoner Cats as a normal, regular TV show that we took out with Jane Fonda at the time. And then we sold it. And then we couldn't make it. And that's when I pivoted everything into what is now considered Web3. But when I pivoted, it was before Web3. I, to me, was like had a category of Web3 and more was like, I was like, how do I utilize the concept of NFTs to associate? Like, I was just trying to, I, you know, there was no rules. There was no, there was no definition in, the, in this community. So I was like, what well, can I do A plus B? And AK was like, yoga. So, and, you know, then you get a thousand lawyers to tell you every which way how you can and cannot do it. But the, but the initial concept was just out of desperation. Love. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you find bringing this concept to market relative to maybe like a more traditional? <gasps> oh, that's a whole other show? series. Let me tell you that man. <laughs> they, the, <laughs> so there's two things you have to remember about the NFT community, right? It's very small. And the crypto community at large is very small. So you, you're, you're dealing like you talk about OpenSea and the people that own NFTs. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but it's under 500 thousand individual accounts right so that's and people have multiple accounts at that so be, to be generous let's say that there's five hundred thousand people consuming nfts that's it <laughs> so maybe like once coinbase launches once all these things happen it'll become bigger and better and more people will join and all that but right now it's a very small niche community so doing press for it was really challenging because you had to ex ex we were trying to like onboard newbies that was my whole thing was i was like how do i bring in like i get the people that are like 
ride or die crypto that have been with the NFT community. I was like, that's not that I can't take them because they were so against everything commercial on face value. You know what I mean? Like ultimately they wanted it, but on face value, they're like, you know what you're doing. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to bring movies. And so it was explaining how to open up a wallet. Like that's kind of where we started. Like forget doing press for like watch stoner cats. We were like, okay, go to MetaMask. Here's how you open up a wallet. You put in some, you know, ETH into it. Then you go to like connect your wallet. We, we, we did a whole like idea of tutorials became more of a thing that we did. Cause we were, I think people were just like, what is NFTs? What is web three? What's a token? How are you not going to steal my money? What's a smart contract? What's a roadmap? Like there are these certain like, you know, words that now are so in the vernacular that everybody says no big deal. But nine, 10 months ago, it was like, you had to do a dictionary. hundred percent. So yeah. it was actually really fun, I will say. But I did, we learned a lot. We learned. What about, what about the incredible voice talent that you've been able to acquire yeah. on this project? You know, I feel like we've had some breakout performances. Oh yes, from, from the infamous raccoon. Um, I would say the raccoon is probably completely stolen the show. You were so sweet for doing it, Gary. Um, the, you know, I ended up, this was also like, so Jane what do, mean, Fonda, what, do mean, what do you mean sweet? I thought I was, that. I, I'm expecting to win an award. Sure. What do I mean, Herm? I'm the voice behind the raccoon in the show. And I got to tell you, I the think raccoon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win an Academy Award, I think. I've decided that I might be one of the great voice actors of our generation and have found a new place for myself. Hila, what do you think about that? Hollywood is buzzing. There? Hollywood Gary, is buzzing, right. Kalish. Gary was genuinely great. The whole idea behind that, the way that it all landed was you're supposed to have fun. And like, what great time I can actually call Gary and have a friend come on. I don't have to go through a casting director. I don't have to go through a rigmarole. I can just like call people that I think would have fun being a part of this community. Because explaining this community was a shit show 12 months Herm, ago. You know what I just took away from that? When, <laughs> when Mila just delivered that sentence, my brain went, you got ripped off. <laughs> Gary, let's change the subject, guys. Let's change the subject before Gary catches on. What about Mila the Collector? Have you bought and have you, have you get, you know, Kalish is a degenerate, so he can speak to this, but have you started to collect a little bit? Collect. I mean, yeah, I, I have like maybe 12, 15. I mean, I'm not that's like that's in solid. like the that's My partner, Maria, has like hundreds, thousands of, I mean, so many. She She's very much our... Um, I think you know Maria. Yep. She's um she's she's a she's a collector. That's what I call a collector. Yeah. She's Taylor. like her own gallery. Yeah, it's an adventure. First, the onboarding thing really resonates. I bet between the four of us, we've probably onboarded, you know, over a hundred people to crypto in the last yeah. one year. What are, and that was the most disrespectful statement hard. of all time. You know how many people I onboarded to MetaMask alone pre-web? I mean, well, are you we, talking we, about through social reach or just I like see. You're saying you seem personally, yes. I would say the the four of us have definitely put hundreds on personally with yeah. Herm putting none yeah. on and the three of us putting on hundreds. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like I bought you a ledger on yeah. Amazon and then I set Respect. it up with you and Respect. I helped you fund your money and stuff. I think we're and pretty much dominating hard. that. I think Mila probably did, yeah. you know, a couple of handfuls. I if I don't maybe know. five. I think you guys, Herm's I think done zero. Herm's brought no, maybe his one buddy Baker, but other than I, I, he doesn't even know that many people. Yeah, 
Like, I mean, it's hard. And I think the mainstream accessibility to just buy is the hardest thing. I remember Gary sent me a link to CryptoPunks in February 2011, or, or no, February 2011. 2011. I was like, whoa, Gary. <laughs> yeah, 2021. And it took me a month just to get my stuff like set up and funded to buy it. Like if I could put it on a credit card, I'm doing it, but you can't. Yeah, so it's like- I mean, you, you can do on now, but now you can. All this stuff is all going to change. I, I, I think it's all going to become so much easier with these. Of course movies. it is. It's early technology. To your point earlier, five hundred thousand being gracious. You know, there's there's almost eight billion people on Earth. Like we are in very early stages of yeah. this technology, and we're also in the collectible with a hint of utility stage. One of the reasons I bought Stoner Cats, besides my admiration for Otherwise, the global superstar. <laughs> it, it is real talk. You had real utility. Like they're like you, like the biggest thing that's going to, everybody's going to have a game. Everyone's going to have a show. Everyone's going to have merch. Are you capable? Like Lisa was mm -hmm. as big of a factor for me as you were, because I'm like, this is a real fucking production company. And God forbid with actual relationships, with actual leverage in Hollywood, God yeah. forbid this gets off to a good start. It gets mass distribution. You know, like this is like a real opportunity I, I still feel that way about stories. I do, I, yeah. I, you know, it just I'm takes so a minute. Deep in... But yes, it takes I time. yeah, it takes time. I mean, we're doing gimmicks. We're coming out with gimmicks in a couple of weeks, which is our next animated series. And that one, you know, if you 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 have a stoner cat token, you, you have early access to it. There's like that, you know, there's a there's an aspect what, of it. Actually, I don't know about this, and I want to hear about it. If you have a stoner I mean, cat, since I do, many, uh, several, what so happens with gimmicks? Be a free drop. So gimmicks is going to be free. Gimmicks, you're going to get a, uh, the NFT is like a wrestling card, almost like a tradable card of um, different factions in the wrestling community. And, wow. um, and you can um, trade them, you can collect them. It's that it's the same concept. And then there's a thing on it that's called dick punches. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Gary, Gary's favorite. <laughs> Are you Let's clip that, Mila. please. Clip Why, it, Mila, clip you've it. said what, what is going on? What's wrong with you, Mila? All right, Mila, let's say that with a straight face. Mila, just you've said time. way crazier shit in films than dick punches. Because you know why? Wait, hold on, Gary. I'll tell you exactly why. You'd have said now crypto lawyers doing all this stuff to make sure that everything is. <laughs> yep. And so we had to get crypto. And crypto lawyers are very serious lawyers. Very yes. serious lawyers. And we, the amount of times we've had to get them to say um, dick punches. <laughs> and maybe, so anytime I see it, I think of my sweet little lawyer Stu being like, dick punches are okay. No, no, dick punches are clear. Dick punches are clear. <laughs> <laughs> like the idea. And I was like, how's that Harvard education treating you now? <laughs> because mm -hmm. all they're saying, dick punches? Yes, the dick punches are fine. Yeah, yeah, we can dick punch. That's not a problem. I so wrestled Herm at the Super Bowl <laughs> weekend party. Herm, I actually feel like you felt the power and realized- Of a dick punch? Well, I didn't dick punch him yet, but no. I feel like no. I want to. And number two, my favorite part was I could see the fear in his eyes that he realized when I told him that we would fight and I would win four <laughs> episodes ago. I think, Herm, you accepted that more during Super Bowl week. Yeah, True I mean, it's not, it's not a secret. You're deceptively athletic. Thank you. <laughs> Facts. Um, can we talk about other, uh, can we talk about- Can we talk about dick punches I do. I have to, well, I like I like the clip of just um, it throwing Gary off. We're gonna clip that and use it. Um, okay. How can we talk about the pressure? Like, you have this. You you launch a project. People are spending real money against it. Like, yeah. understand? You know, Gary's mm -hmm. POV on it with question. V friends. But like, how are you feeling in terms of? Holy shit! I have a community that spends their like hard earned money on this, 
and the pressure you have to just maintain it? I mean, I wouldn't, you know what, I, I, it's such a weird question because I don't, I don't want to say I don't feel the pressure because it's not like, it's not about feeling the pressure or not. I love what I do and I don't plan on not doing what I do. And I love, I produce content. And so to me, it's more, I'm really grateful that I have an outlet to put my content in versus feeling pressure to, um, to appease them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I just crush that answer. Huh? Yeah, crush the crush the answer. Got it. Okay. But it's Great but it's, it's the right I, answer. But yeah, I love it. Like, I'm, you know, it's it's just the truth. Like everybody in the entertainment industry just wants to create. But everybody's yep. got you have to foresell that do this. There's so many steps before a project gets to be made. I can circumvent all of that. We partnered up with Toonstar. Toonstar can turn around a show in a week. And so we have a weekly episodic show that we can now release where they, you know, our fans or whatever, the community can choose the end. So it's choose you an adventure at the end of every episode. It's really interactive and nothing will make me happy than having a community that feels like they're a part of something. But, you know, like we all want to be feel like we're a part of something. And I just, I really, as cheesy it is, want to make our community feel like they're a part of something awesome and great and be supportive and be supported. I don't want us to feel like a community where it's like one against the other. Like we're not CryptoPunks versus Bored Apes. That's not what I want to be. That's, that, it's, it's insane to me that people don't realize the world is abundant. LVMH, LVMH is a trillion dollar business and Kith is moonwalking and, Adi, and Yeezys are moonwalking and Gucci is moon, like, like it's insane that people think it's a verse thing. It's such a fascinating human trait. Exactly. And so for our community, all I want to do is allow them to all feel like they're a part of a community without a versus. There is a time. I disagree with you, Gary, man. Well, I, 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 I think blinded by how um, self- I, I'm the voice of the raccoon. I know, but you're sweet and kind and awesome. And you're not in Put that, Herm. Herm, put wow. that in your nope. fucking mouth. Unclipped. Mm-hmm. Unclipped. You erased from history. Never um, clipped. Mila, I do think, to your point, I do think there was a hot, I mean, I felt it. There, and I'm nowhere close to you. There was, there's a level of cynicism when somebody comes from that place, but the yeah. overall community, there's a ton of it. The problem right now is a year later, we are in greed city USA and NFT land. I know. Scams out the ass. Yes. Projects are dog shit, just trying to make money in two seconds and see ya. And that's what I don't want to be. And I keep telling people. And, and you, I said, you won't be, that goes back to how we started. You won't be. I don't think so. But I also want to be really clear to people. I was like, do it because it's fun. Do it because you want to be a part of a community. Don't do it because there's like an earning mechanism to like, don't do that. You will lose. You just will. You'll ultimately lose in any aspect if you're going in to make a buck. You will. I don't believe yeah, the, that the, buck, the, the, the buck. The buck. You you can only win that game if you have an incredible balance of selfish and selflessness. To your point, if you are only coming into something with selfish intent, make a yeah. buck. The way you're saying it, you're yes. a thousand percent right. Yeah. I I believe the nuance there is it's incredibly okay hence why so many people are driven to it, to do things from a selfish success standpoint. And oh, by the way, money's not always it. You just very articulately explained the process of success for a deeply creative person, which is to make shit. Like I'm wildly creative. It's why I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Deep Friends for me is a singular at bat to try to build Disney. And that's like obnoxious. That's like an obnoxious, like when I say it and I get DMs sometimes, like literally DM people are fascinating. You fucking asshole. You think you're Walt Disney? And I literally reply because I'm a maniac. And I reply and say things like, no, I'm trying to be that. 
I'm gonna enjoy the process of trying. And, and then I get a little nasty sometimes if I'm pissed and I go, P.S. When your granddaughter is wearing a patient panda backpack in 52 years, you're required to send me the photo. Good for you. Like, that's the truth. But good for you. But, but, but you didn't go into this with any intent other than let's just have fun. No, let's I went into the intent of this. This is going to change the world. I am going to win selfish and selflessly. I mean it. I'm going to build a very it. big business and yeah. I'm going to create characters that are going to get the children at six years old, accountable aunt. I met with a woman who was the right, a right-hand partner to Jim Henson. Mm -hmm. Like this is an incredible woman. We had a great meeting. Like I'm having Hollywood like meetings these days around creative. And she gave me one of the five best compliments of my life. She said, after I did my whole fucking 14 minutes, Gary V life spiel, yeah. she said, I came into this meeting with no interest other than doing the right thing for the person that introduced us. And I felt like I owed it to take the meeting. Okay. She's like, you're a business. Like she's a full on fucking creative, right? She's like, I cannot believe what you just talked about. And she goes, the only time I've ever felt like this before in my life was talking with Jim Henson. And it made me proud and happy because it's the truth. Jim Henson was a massive entrepreneur, but he had, he, do you know that Jim Henson created Fraggle Rock to stop war? ironically in this timing with what's going on in our birthlands, right? Yeah. He literally created Frag. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Fraggle know Rock's that framework. Yeah, like I literally am now gonna watch the original season Down of Fraggle, Fraggle Rock. Rock. Yep. Down in Fraggle Rock. I used to love Fraggle Rock. But, but I, I believe like V Friends for me, the reason Patient Panda and Empathy Elephant are so Buzz Lightyear and Woody for me is like, I believe if I can teach people through, I've tried to do it through Gary V, but I'm a very narrow vessel. A lot of people love me way more or like, fuck this. With me, friends, I can change the world through those characters. Okay. Gary, I, no, I, like, I love you. I hope that this, I, nothing makes me happier. I can't wait for my Gary V fucking backpack shit swag. I'll be in your first animated movie. Oh, your, your, no, no, your kids are, you, why do you think I gave you the fucking voice for the raccoon? Your two, your little kids are gonna be super famous and gonna only wear V friends clothes from second to ninth grade. Okay, they're in. <laughs> Freshman year is gonna be real weird. All right, on that transition, um, <laughs> can we talk about, can we talk about some other projects? Like mm -hmm. other, what's cool about Stoner Cats is honestly yeah. the, the price point right now. It yeah, allows, I'm, like, I'm actually, solid like, entry. literally, I just texted, like I'm literally doing homework while we're talking on Stoner Cats because I'm, because I'm like very attracted to the price point. I'm like, fuck it. If I'm getting air, one of these fucking shows that Mila and Lisa are going to make is going to be a smash hit. And if I'm getting it airdropped because the Stoner Cat is the alpha, there's something really there there. Yeah. So let, can we talk about some other projects? What are some other projects yeah. where you're into, excited about, know the know the founders in the small community? Give us some others. Oh, like not, my, not our own. Subducks, I think yeah, not yours. Like, Subducks is something that we're super interested in and been talking to. Oh, Frankie's um, my guy. Frankie's dope. He's great. We had a really fun meeting, or not meeting, a chat with Frankie um, not that He's long ago. He's, He's awesome. Um, and so we're, we're trying to figure out something there with them. Um, and then, well, I'll tell you, BFF, I think is fantastic. Okay. Um, BFF, do you know Britt Morin, Gary? Do I know Britt Morin? <laughs> Ask who the first person to write an angel investment check into Brit.co a decade oh, ago was. Okay. Just ask. 
So Britt and I have become girlfriends of the past 10 years. And um, Britt started a thing called BFF, where it's a tokenized um, social network site for women. And you get a BFF bracelet, and that's your token to have access to what will be, think, a way better, cooler version of Friends with Benefits and way less, like, you know, money laundering and like way more transparency and it's accessible and it's free and it's awesome. Um, And so that I'm really, really, really proud of. Um, I think Brit's doing it and then there's like, you know, a handful. It's a really nice, big, large community she's building out. And when the first conference that she did or, you know, Q&A, whatever you want to call it, had like 20,000 people watching watching it. And I think for us, it's about bringing women into this industry. Yes. And, um, and having women set the rules for web three, instead of fighting the rules that were set for them 10 years from now. Um, So that's something that I'm really excited about is the idea of BFF. And then um, I would say, what are things am I cool at? Um, I think the world of women is always going to be something that I think is really great. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, constant's brought up here a lot. All right, I have I have a quick question for the people. Um, they're asking this question, I'm sure. When you oh, and there's proof a lot of, of Dave, scams. guys. Proof of Dave, I think, is funny. Okay, go ahead. Proof of Dave. Okay, there's a lot of scams going on. I mean, if you're yep. just based on this, you can yes! scroll through Instagram and see epic scams of Gary minted X, Y, or Z. Oh, yeah. But for example, I look up BFF friendship bracelets and I don't see the the blue check mark. How do you know? if it's the right one you're buying. Like people are gonna listen to this and look I, it up. I have to tell you, this is when I call Maria. And I'm like, Maria, am I buying a fraud? This happened, I, was, I went to buy something. I don't even I know what it was. And I looked at it and I was like, I don't, fuck, it didn't have a blue check mark, but it didn't have a blue check mark because it was just new and it hadn't sold the 10,000 units. And so it wasn't for anything other than it takes a minute to get a blue check mark. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And I literally panicked and I called Mario and I was like, I'm going to screen share and you tell me if I'm buying a fraud or if I'm not buying a fraud. So I don't have an answer for you. Find a friend who's smarter than you and then have them help you. <laughs> Matt, well, that friend is Matt. Matt, how do you do that? Agree with like, be careful. Like, don't just click first and then yeah. ask questions later. You got to like, do it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Find the official yeah, Discord. It's like or- an official. Oh, go ahead, Gary. No, no, you got it, brother. Yeah, usually there's an official Twitter that has the links. That's a good starting point. You can jump into the Discord and ask questions. The worst thing to do is just buy it and then like, oh, I got scammed. That happens all the time. People get in a rush. They want to just like jump in the game, buy something they think is cool. I can't tell you how many times. It's like every day you see this story on social. It's like somebody clicked on a phishing link. They clicked on some kind of you know, scam link. That's the whole problem with Discord a little bit is the fact yeah. that Discord's got a lot of phishing links. You yeah, know Disc- I, mean? I mean, I'm on the I'm on the record saying don't click a single link on Discord. I mean, too, on, on the record, don't click a single link on Discord. I Because I, yeah, I've scary. heard of people clicking things and then, you know, get wiped. Yeah, especially the DMs are the word. Every DM yeah, you get DM is, is probably it. a scam. It's going to be like free giveaway, join the white list, airdrop whatever free thing but i will say like where we have a problem is for us our next drop is free and so we're like please don't think that this is a scam we really are just gonna (laughs) drop you for free (laughs) like so there's like a you know some people do want to have 
I don't know. Oh, I don't know. What a weird time we're living in. I don't know. All right, I have an I 11th. think Gary I, often I, says it, right? No, we're do wrapping up. Do your own up. research. Spend the one hour 100%. to look into it. Like, oh, and here's just, the big wrap up. Yeah, it's big news. Um, we're giving away a stoner stoner cat NFT Let's on go. our on our Twitter. Props Love. and drops Twitter. We've Love. given away amazing NFTs, and this week, stoner cat NFT. Love Mila, it. any thoughts before we wrap? I have to go. I'm live somewhere right now. So, Mila, I love you. I gotta go. You boys finish it up. Mila, I love you. Talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Mila, anything for our audience before as we wrap? Gosh, I don't even know where to begin. I I had like a whole I was about to start like reading off. Wouldn't that be amazing? Let's talk shit about Gary. Um, I don't have anything. I'm so excited to be a part of this community. I called Gary when this all started, and I was like, "Is this am I fuck? Is this a mistake? Like, did I fuck up? Because it's such a." But then I look at it and I'm like, it's so in its early infancy, like it's crazy. And then I tell people, I was like, where we were nine months ago to where we are today, to where we're going to be in two years, there is no pattern recognition here. Like it is, it, you know, the, the the rules are just being written. The entire environment is just being built out. It's such a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I've noticed a lot of the same you know, being part of a public company is kind of the same as NFT land where there's so much pressure coming from this like pocket of the world that's going to try to push you to short-term focus. Yes. And yeah. you have a long-term vision and the true believers, the people that want to buy, hold, support the project long-term, they really like understand what's going on. I think they're finding projects like yours, like V friends that have the long-term plan and it can be hard to shut out like some of the short-term focus noise on social and stuff. And so good for you on just kind of keeping your head down and working through, you know, Thank these you. first six, eight months in a really early new space. I appreciate it. I think that you nailed it. I don't like, I want people to realize that not all things are not created equal and that, these, that NFTs in general are not cookie cutter projects where everything's exactly the same and will function exactly the same and the way that everything's distributed is exactly the same. There's many utilities to an NFT and there's many different ways to interpret an NFT. And um, and I think what I'm most proud of, or the idea, it's not a one and drop. Like, it's not like we were like, and here's something and then bye, right? And like you you leave the, the Discord and you leave the community and you're like, figure itself out. Um, we do want to figure out what the what Web3 for entertainment, what Web3 for, for content looks like in general. Like, how do you monetize content off of web three like that whole thing it's just such a you know you kind of stick spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks a little bit yep so i'm yeah. excited and well, i don't have you a so pod. much for joining us for the pod this was great nice oh guys this was so fun okay and great meeting you and I, honestly i think the last the last two minutes of this was the best part of the whole podcast so thank you because gary yeah, wasn't on there I know that's exactly right. <laughs> Thank right. you, Mila. We'll see you around. Good luck to the Lakers. Have you been catching a lot of games this season? Have you been able to make? No, I usually go to do- like I'm a, a little bit. Of, I like baseball. I mean, I love any sport live. I should be really clear. Anything. More Dodgers, that- yeah. But I'm more Dodgers, yeah. But we did. I went to NASCAR for the first time. You went to Daytona 500. Nope. Or no, oh, the one in LA at the yep. at the Coliseum, which is like. Oh my God. It was, it was almost like a cartoon because it's so small. The Coliseum is yeah. tiny. And so these cars yeah. like slow down. Like you can only go so fast. And so you were watching them. Like it was a little funny, but my kids loved it. Oh yeah. my God. Did my kids love watching cars go in a circle? I've never been, but that feels so America and a lot of mesh. 
like mesh shirts. Yeah. Mesh it was shirts, very like America. Lots yeah. of beer. Um, Heavy beers. No, right. no, 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 no. Bud Light, Coors Light, all light beers. Wow. No, 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 wow. no, not heavy beer. No, mm. American light beer. Yeah. Wow. I've been to NASCAR in New Hampshire, so I know what's up there. <laughs> There's also like <laughs> F1 Miami in May. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, oh have we? This is I'm a going to F1 Miami. Are you doing That'll it? Be like, How will, can you not? I will be there, you know, yeah. supporting whoever whatever because like very new to f1 i got into it through netflix it shows you the power of content they oh because you watched f1 the series yeah sure to survive yeah. yeah and so i got obsessed with that and then i started following it because the content you know it's what I, yeah i mean we can talk about this for hours but i only started caring about football no offense when i started watching um um hard knocks and it was yeah. like you know every season was a different team and so talk about a, a uh, like a rain. I was like, oh my God, I hope that the Bengals win. Oh my God, I hope the Browns win. Whatever team was showcased that year, I was like, my heart broke for those players. So my husband yeah. was like, okay, enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's powerful. You know, it gets you deeper when you get that inside look. It was like Dallas Cowboys this year with Dak. <gasps> I saw. Yeah, I remember he got their families. Kid. Oh my God! It's everything about it. You're like, oh my, oh like that kid, the rookie that comes in. That you're yeah. like, it's got some amazing backstory oh, somehow. Guy. Oh man, I fell in love with yeah. everybody in that show. I, I, please, sucker. We love it. Well, best of luck. Hope to see you around yeah. soon. Thank Take you. Care. Bye, Bye guys. Take care. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/marketplace for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369 in New York. Visit OPGR.org in Oregon. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 plus only. 18 plus in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. No results guaranteed. Void were prohibited. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com sportsbook for full details. Odds and lines are subject to change.